This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX is clipped. Now streaming only on Hulu. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Happy hump day. Hey, Megan. Hey, Mandy. Crystal. Welcome to Melanated Way, you guys. I'm Linda Entwee. Still a little bit under the weather, so bear with me. Um, we're talking Seeking Sister Wife, Season 4, Episode 11, Brazil or Bust. Or Bust, y'all. Uh, a little bit of housekeeping. Support the show. There are many ways you can support the show. Bottom of your screen, you can see where you can support the show through uh, PayPal or Venmo. And we have super chat, super stickers, and super thanks available on YouTube. That being said, let's just jump right into it. The Merrifields, y'all. The Merrifields. Garrick. Garrick to me just needs to go ahead and say, I just want to be with Roberta. That's what he needs to just go ahead and do, because that's what he wants. So it's bom dia, bom dia, good morning, good morning in Portuguese. He's happy to wake up, you know, next to Roberta after so long. Meanwhile, his other wife, who he divorced so he could be with Roberta, is sleeping alone in the other room. And I just think he's the worst. He's the worst. He's just the worst, you guys. And 
you know, with all this like, oh, Roberta and his crying and I want to be with her and I love her and she's a part of my family. She's a part of my life and I want us to have babies with her. All the things he's saying. What part are you actually making an effort to learn her language? You can't even communicate with her. She barely speaks English and you speak no Portuguese. And in all the years that you've been to courting her, you haven't even made an effort. Like you should focus on that, Garrick. Hey, Raydella, <clears throat> you should focus on that because it's clear to me that you're, it's just like what um, Jared told us. He fetish, fetishizes, I can never say that word, but he has a fetish for Roberta and that's all it is. That That's simply all it is, for real. Because there was no effort being made for him to communicate with her. There's no effort to be made for him to learn her language. And so what is this all about really, besides the physical attraction? You can't say you connect on a deeper level because you can't even connect with her. Outrageous, outrageous. So <clears throat> they talk about how they had, you know, sexy time. She gave him a massage and you know, Roberta's worried a little bit about Danielle, so she's going to go check on Danielle. Meanwhile, Danielle felt lonely, vocalizes that she felt lonely, sleeping alone, and she still feels uneasy about the whole situation. She's worried because she knows her ex-husband, right? Because they're not married now, because don't forget, he divorced her so he could be with Roberta. She's worried that He's going to still try to have a baby with Roberta, even though Roberta has not committed to coming over to the, to the U.S. <clears throat> exactly, Mandy says. He loves that she does not speak English, so he can just imagine she's saying what he wants. And he has no idea about her past and how she grew up. He had no idea about her culture, country, etc. Just pitiful. Absolutely, geek girl. Just put, All of it is pitiful. All of it. Great word. Pitiful. So <clears throat> Danielle's worried that, you know, Garrick is going to still try to have this baby. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised because that's exactly what he wants to do. If he could leave Danielle tomorrow and stay in Brazil and be with Roberta, he would do that. He would do that. So <clears throat> Roberta goes to check on Danielle and she starts crying Danielle starts crying. Danielle wants to know if they're going to be able to buy her ticket, if she's going to commit to coming to America and all the things. And she's also started crying, which was sad to me because again, why are you living this lifestyle if really it's not something you want? So she starts crying because she says Garrick has been so sad without Roberta. And so it's making her anxious and her gut is telling her that, Roberta's not going to come to Colorado. Can you, okay, so I want you guys to all just picture this, okay? Picture this. You go on a trip with your husband. You've already agreed to be divorced so that he can marry his girlfriend. You go on this trip. He has booked multiple rooms, but he wants to stay with his girlfriend and you stay in your own room knowing that your husband is having sex with his girlfriend in the room next door. 
what do you get out of this situation? And like, I get the concept, I get it, but for Garrick and Danielle, it doesn't seem like it's about, oh, well, she's my sister wife, so she's like my best friend. They don't can't communicate either because Danielle doesn't speak the language. So what exactly is she getting out of this situation? Think about that. What what would you get out of that situation? Besides just being the chump that's sleeping in the room next door and letting your husband fuck around, honestly. Because you're not gaining anything because you can't communicate with this woman either. Like, I just sat, I just was watching you guys and I sat there and I was like, why? Why are they doing this? And especially, why is Danielle okay with this? Makes no sense. So she's upset. Roberta's upset. Everyone's crying. They're all emotional. And, you know, when Danielle's like, you know, are you going to book this ticket? Roberta's silent, doesn't answer, right? Whether she didn't understand or she's still like pussyfooting around, she didn't answer. And so they wake up, they have breakfast, and <clears throat> they're going to tour Rio de Janeiro and find out like the school that Roberta went to, what her life was about, a house she lived in, the neighborhood she was born in. And I was like, you don't know any of this. So you've been dating her for what, a couple of years now, and you have made no effort to, like Mandy said, find out anything about her history. Again, that just means to me that this is a fetish for you and you're trying to get, you know, your Brazilian woman. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. So her neighborhood, um, you know, is a poor area and Garrick and Danielle think it's sad. Okay. It's sad. I was like, <clears throat> if that is not, excuse me, guys, if that is not some privileged nonsense, I don't know what is. Honestly, I don't know what is. These areas are special to, to Roberta specifically because she um, remembers her dad taking her to all of the places around in those areas. And I'm assuming that her dad has passed away. And so she's reminiscing about the good time that she shared with her dad. Um, and then her mom arrives, Roberta's mom arrives. And she's so funny, you guys. She's like, oh, you're delicious. You're delicious to Danielle. And she's happy to see them. She loves them. She feels like they're part of the family. Um, you know, the mom, though, this situation is hard for her because she wouldn't want it for herself and she doesn't really understand it. And it's not something that she would really wanted for Roberta, but because she's close with her daughter, she wants her daughter to be happy. And so at the end of the day, unlike mama Lydia from the family Chantel, she's like, you know what, what's important to me is that my daughter is happy. What's important to me is that Garrett, you treat my daughter properly and you take care of her and make sure that, she's happy, right? Because she's going to be by herself in America. Garrick starts crying. And I was just like, what are you crying about exactly? Like, can one of you guys explain to me why he was crying? Why are you crying? Are you crying because you're finally relieved that you're having the blessing of Ilka, Roberta's mom? Are you crying because you finally pulled the fast one and Roberta allegedly coming to America? Like, what are you crying about exactly? I don't know. It made no sense to me. So 
the mom is like, you know, her coming to America just seems a little too quick. Um, and, you know, so it's going to be hard for her to let her go. But I'm going to accept it for what it is. And she's going to put her trust in Garrett uh, to treat her daughter right. And then this is the part that was like so creepy to me, guys. It was so creepy. Garrick says, I love her how I love a daughter or a son. We're family. And you mean so much to me. And I was like, what? Okay, can we break that down? Um, your sister wife, your second soon-to-be wife, you're going to love her like a daughter or a son? Does that not sound creepy to any anyone else here? Because it sounds completely creepy to me. You don't sleep with your daughter or your son. You don't have a fetish for your daughter or your son. So, like, I don't know if he just misspoke or there's something deeper going on there, but whatever it was, it grossed me all the way out. I was like, oh, no, that makes no sense. That makes no sense. Are you trying to say that you'll love her like a daughter, like Ilka loves her daughter? I, I don't, I'm not sure, but it was, it's just you, like Garrick, ew. So he says that to Ilka and then Danielle starts to cry. And I was like, you guys are crying for what exactly? You just really want to bring this woman over as your sex slave. Like that's honestly what I think is going on here, period. I don't see a real sisterhood. I don't see where any, no one benefits from this, but Garrick. Cause Garrick has his, you know, his good old workhorse. He's going to take care of his kids. And then he has the fetish who he can have all the sex with that he wants and create more babies. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. Moving on to the Joneses, Sidian and Tasha and Ariel. It's their Ariel and Sidian's last day together. They're snuggling in bed. And, you know, again, I guess I just don't know how the world works anymore because I, I, I am just confused by all of this. But it's their fourth and last day together. And Sidian's feeling emotional and anxious and, <clears throat> like, sad. And Ariel's feeling sad. But, you know, they all want to make the most of the moment and the time that they have left. So they're going to go snorkeling and he's going to set up a proposal area and <clears throat> propose to her. Now, y'all spent four days together. I just, I mean, I guess there's love at first sight, you guys. Like, I guess. I just don't, I just, I feel like you need more time to know somebody you know what I mean? <clears throat> hey, Nikki. Is this for like a child because she literally has no voice? Megan, facts. You're preaching facts right there. Megan says, what do any of the first wives get out of the situation besides the Malone time? Exactly. They get to share a husband. Ugh. Okay, so. I know. Why would you go all the way to the Philippines for four days only? Seems totally weird. Absolutely. And then how do you then propose? I I just I just don't know how it works. How do you propose to someone you don't even know? You spent four days having sex. Of course, it's going to sound wonderful and amazing. But I've always told you guys, Vacay Bay 
and regular bay are two different things. When you're on vacay, everything seems amazing. It's the real life day-to-day -day stuff that you should be concerned about and you need to spend time with someone to see how they actually live their lives. But, you know, what do I know? I might be old school. So they go snorkeling, have a great time. Um, <clears throat> and he even says, you know, one of the reasons that he's proposing so quick quickly is because of the, quote, outside pressures, meaning, you know, they have the 90 days and in order to get that ball rolling, he has to propose, right? Which, okay, but can't you just make another trip there and visit her? Can't she come and visit you and you see how it works out? Like, why do we have to go from A to Z in four days? So he calls Tasha and uh, wants to let her know that, hey, I've decided that, yeah, I'm going to propose. And he shows her the setup and she's excited, which I'm surprised about as well. But out of all the sister wives, I feel like she's really actually living the lifestyle out of all of them in this season. Um, and so Sidian's like, you know, I'm nervous, but I'm ready and I'm excited. And Tasha's like, yeah, you should be happy. You know, you guys have had some quality time and you've been able to lay a foundation. And I was like, Am I watching the same show? You guys spent four days together, and this is the first time you've met her. What foundation? What foundation? Quality time after four days? You guys help me out. What? <laughs> like what? Oh my god, that's like me going to. I'm watching that the NBA, um, the Lakers legacy, right? on Hulu. And that's like me going to the forum and saying, hey, I'm going to be um, Jerry Buss's replacement. That's it. I'm just going to walk in, you know, maybe work there as a ticket holder or a ticket taker for like four days and then just be like, no, I think I should be management now. <laughs> like, how do you get from A to Z? It's just so weird. Anyhow, so... <clears throat> He's got candles going down like a boardwalk thing. And then there's a table with a red cloth over it, some flowers. They hold hands and they walk down the stairs and it's by the ocean side. I mean, it wasn't the fanciest setup. It was very simple, y'all. He was making it sound like it was going to be a whole big grand gesture. And after seeing Valentine and Carlos's, proposal this just seemed a little lackluster to me but whatever you know it's about the moment I suppose um so <laughs> I guess he needed some reassurances so he was asking her 20 questions so he first asked her uh did you enjoy your time with me and then he says do you believe I'll always do what's needed to make you happy do you think that I will allow you to pursue your dreams do you love me? I was like, what is this? This is the weirdest little proposal ever. Like you're asking all these reassurance questions. You want to know why you're asking them is because you don't really know her. So you don't really know the things that you should know before you propose. So she answers yes to all of those things and say, yes, I love you. He's like, I love you too. He gets down on one knee and says, will you marry me? And then she starts laughing and says, are you serious? Laughs some more and she says, of course. So now that they're engaged, 
Uh, I personally would love, since it's the same network TLC, to have a 90-day crossover event. So if they're indeed going to get married in these 90 days and she's going to come over, let's go ahead and put them on the next season of 90 Day Fiance and see how that works out because we haven't had that spin before, right? Where it's a thruple and two of the thruple are going to get married and the one that is like the longest lasting is the one that's going to be SOL. Like she's just going to be the extra wife. Even though she's like wife number one which is also makes me question why didn't he marry her did he always know he was gonna have a foreign wife because they've been together for some time now it's very interesting a choose your own adventure proposal (laughs) oh my god so ridiculous so Yeah, let's do that. So let's petition for that to be a thing. Let's have a 90-day crossover between Seeking Sister Wife and 90-Day Fiance. I would be there for this. Let me know if you would be for it as well in the comments, if you're watching the replay or in the live chat now, would you be interested in a crossover event with Seeking Sister Wife and 90-Day Fiance? Um, Arielle says she's excited to be a sister wife. She's excited to... Uh, be a sister wife to Tasha specifically. Um, and Sidian thinks that he's done the best thing ever by bringing over Tasha's best friend. And I was like, best friend since when? Uh, I think he was married to the first wife, but maybe never married Tasha because they started looking for someone else. If TLC is smart, they'll do a crossover event. Facts. There was a thruple, Angela, Michael, and the woman he did the blowjob, or Debbie, Colty, and insert woman. Those were not real thruples, Mandy. But maybe they can't, they won't create the drama necessary for 90 Day. I don't know. I think geek girl Ariel could bring in that je ne sais quoi factor, because we don't know her, right? So she can come over and just be wiling out, right? And trying to take over the relationship and freaking out and not loving his kids and creating drama and stealing him away from Tasha. And then that will bring up Tasha's, you know, anxiety and jealousy issues. And boom, you've got all the drama you need. Uh, Next up, the Epps. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but I'm really actually not sorry, you guys. I have nothing good to say about Marcus. Like, absolutely nothing. Nothing good to say at all. So if this comes off a little snarky, I feel bad, but I kind of don't feel bad because I feel like Taryn and Indy are just way too good for him. And I just can't understand why they're settling for this, like, itty-bitty two-by-four big head. Like, I just just don't. (laughs) I just don't get it. I don't get it. And plus, the fact that he's got 10 kids by eight different baby mamas, the fact that he has like that dead person scandal in the club and then the scandal in politics, he just, he's, it's too scandalous for me. And it's too like, it just reeks of little man syndrome. And I'm just not here for it. I'm just not here for him. Anyways, oh my God. And I wrote that in my notes. I said, little man shows up at the Airbnb. <laughs> 
when I watched this, you guys, I was, I was, I've been really under the weather, as you can tell by my voice. But when I watched this, I was really not feeling well. So my notes are going to reflect that. So little man shows up at the Airbnb um, to see Janae and to see how, you know, things went with Taryn in India. And I'm still surprised that Janae's entertaining any of this because she was so anti-polygamous lifestyle, but she continues to hang out with them. She can, continues to stay at the Airbnb, which also doesn't make sense to me because remember he said last episode that she came back to town for business? Well, why is he then now setting her up in an Airbnb like the first time she had allegedly came? Uh... <clears throat> so anyways, she's at some random Airbnb. I don't know. I personally think it, she never left. I think that this is just the same Airbnb that she was staying at and she was not back in town for business because she's a bartender. So you make sense of it. So how did it go? She's like, you know, she's seen a different side of the polygamous lifestyle. She's still not sure, but she is not against it and she was against it before so i guess they're wearing her down and again my question always is like should you be worn down into a relationship or should you want to freely and willingly want to enter it do you know what i mean like i just that just doesn't sit right with me so your gut instinct is like, no, nah, this is not for me. And then they wear you down by maybe whining and dining you and whining and dining you and flying you places. And all of a sudden you're like, well, maybe that's not that bad. Maybe I'll consider it weird. Um, so Janae talks to Marcus. Her biggest concern was India. And, you know, I think India is going to be the biggest problem in this whole situation because India is really putting her foot down with a lot of things, right? Like India doesn't want the new sister wife to live with them. She thinks that it's gonna wreck the family dynamic. She really has an issue with Marcus dating around and sleeping around as she should because Marcus is a cheater. He's been a serial cheater and she knows her man. She met him allegedly single and then he did the okie doke and said, oh, by the way, I'm back with my ex-wife. And even when he was with his ex-wife, he was cheating on her and that's the reason why she left him. So she, he's literally cheated his way into polygamy. And so that's why India's having such an issue with him wanting to have sex so quickly with all these women that he's dating. Marcus goes on a date with Bria. Boom. I want to, I want to sleep with her. Then he goes on a date with Janae. Boom. I want to, I want to be able to have sex with her. Like that's to me, and again, I don't know enough about the lifestyle, but to me, it just seems like he wants to be able to go and run amok and stick his little penis anywhere he wants under the umbrella that, hey, but this is my polygamous lifestyle. I'm dating to find another sister wife. Although my sister wives don't want any new sister wives to live with us in our house. So what does that equate to? It equates to that you're just going out there to bang women and then what? That woman gets wet out of it. The one good thing that India said about their polygamous lifestyle is that they get to share the responsibilities. Um, and so they share the bills and they share the raising of the kids and all this stuff. Yeah, I mean, 
you got eight baby mamas, I'm sure, there, and 10 kids. I'm sure there's a lot of parenting and babysitting to do. And so Marcus is like, well, I'm glad that you're feeling at least open to it and you haven't said no. So why don't we continue to date? And if it doesn't work, you just let me know so that I don't waste my time and money. And so they're going to continue to date. And he's like, you know, when I want something, I want it. And so I try to get it. And I was like, well, is that the mentality? I just don't know, you guys. I just think it's wrong. That's all. I think it's wrong. I think it's wrong to force a lifestyle on someone that doesn't really want it. But because you're like, I, when I want something, I get something. I don't know. That just sounds a little predatorial to me. But again, that's just me. Last and certainly least, the Davis family. April, Nick, and Jennifer, and, you know, courting Danielle. They're house hunting. And when I say Chad, Chad's the real estate agent. You could just see all over Chad's face that he was trying to be so professional, but he didn't know what the fuck was going on. He was just like, who are you? What's happening here? You want to do what? He was so... <clears throat> he was so confused. And Chad, we're with you. We're confused too. So they're house hunting for a bigger home. Um and I've said this before, and I'll say it again. Nick came in in his 1980s pimp outfit. He had the pimp hat on, the pimp jacket on. He might as well have had the feather sticking out the side. He's rolling in like he's about something. Nick, you are not, first of all, it's clear to me that you probably haven't worked since the 80s because that outfit was straight pimp 101 1980s style. Second of all, you thought you were doing something by coming in like you're the man in the, of the household. You ain't got no money. You ain't got no job. You ain't paying for this house. Your name is not going to be on the title. So why are you rolling up here like you're about something? Oh, thank you. I didn't, I don't have my phone, Crystal, so I don't have the comment. I put my phone on charge because Side note, you guys, I did a story today. I did a story today about Memphis and Hamza. So if you haven't seen it, you can check it out. It's on our, my YouTube page. But some of the comments, some of y'all are wiling out. And so my phone battery, I had time today. So I responded to some of your crazy comments on Instagram. And so I had to plug in my phone. The pimp app. I want to see what the makeup is about next episode. Facts. Somebody called him, called in Huggy Bear. My comment was the poor Danielle's of seeking sister wife. Mandy said, Chad knew he had to drop his tone to close the sale. Facts. Chad's like, I don't care what I think. I, I need to close this deal. So I'm going to go ahead and keep all my, my thoughts and comments to myself. So they're looking to expand their family uh, because they have a little one and an, a plus wife coming into the picture. So they need a bigger place. And Chad is like, in my entire real estate career, I have never 
And I mean, never, ever, never, ever come across this. And he was surprised and shocked. So he was like looking around, looking at them. And then he's like, well, let's all just go in and take a look. So we're looking at this four bedroom, three bathroom house, uh, 2,500 square feet uh, above ground, a thousand square feet in the basement. And they're not sure if that house is going to be big enough because April, who I also say is the matriarch of the family, she wants more sister wives and she wants three or four more kids. And my question there also too is why did she never have kids with Nick? Do you guys wonder that? Because she's been with Nick for 20 years. Why did she never have kids with Nick? Like she had a baby when she met Nick, but then 20 throughout those 20 years, you guys didn't have a kid. Why? Right? And yet she wants three or four more kids. And now that Jennifer is pregnant, she's also feeling a little bit jealous. And she even admitted it last episode. She's like, you know, I've had to quash those jealousy issues because, you know, this will be Nick's first biological child. And again, you guys, what, why, why, why are you in this situation? Why? It obviously it's not really what you want. If you're having to quash your real and true feelings, for some rando who doesn't work and you, you're like his mama, his lover, his babysitter, his cook, his clean, like, nah, fool, nah, no, he's a grown ass man. No, thank you. So they go to the master bedroom, but April thinks that it's a little too small because April wants a 12 foot wide bed for all of them, five of them, five people to sleep in. Now, you, you want to see what I said that there's five people. So April, Nick, Jennifer, Danielle, and then they want another sister wife. They're already courting for another sister wife. All five of y'all are going to sleep in that 12-foot bed. And so this, this little master bedroom, and again, master bedroom is like such an antiquated, we don't say that anymore, but whatever. I'm saying what she said. Um this main bedroom is not big enough for you because of this 12 foot wide bed. Like who, what, what? I am not sleeping with four other people. Thank you very much. And horny Nick in the, Oh no. Like just, Oh no, thank you. So they're thinking of proposing to Danielle before they move her in so that she feels like she's part of the process and, and, expanding their home and buying a new home and being a part of the family and being another mom to Jennifer's baby. And Nick's excited because, you know, he has a new baby on the way, a new wife and a new house. And again, the only thing you contributed to any of those things is your penis, Nick. Just saying. Um, so when April tells Chad, the real estate guy, like, hey, this house probably is not big enough because we need a 12-foot bed, you guys, I cannot recreate Chad's face well enough, but let me just say in words that I know that his eyes rolled to the back of his head. I know he said that these MFs in the back of his mind, I know he was like, Y'all are crazy in the back of his mind, but he sucked up all of those thoughts and said, no problem. I have a other 
houses that we can absolutely take a look at that are bigger than this. And so if we don't want to put the 12 foot bed in the middle of the living room, then I'm sure I can find you some other house that will accommodate your needs. <laughs> when Chad did this to camera, he's like, you know, I've had people ask me for walk-in closets that are as big as a house. I've had men ask me for an area to create a man cave, but I have never, ever, never in my life had someone say they needed a bigger room because they needed a 12 foot bed for all of them to sleep in. Now, you know how crazy that sounds, right? Poor Chad. Chad is gonna be earning his commission on this one. Oh, Lord. Oh, my God. You guys are hilarious in the live chat today. Somebody called him Huggy Bear. Anyways, you guys, that was the episode. Um, You know, I'm still waiting on Jared. That's all I know, because it won't make sense to me. I'm trying to think of it logically and it's just not making sense to me. So I'm going to need someone that actually lives the lifestyle to come on over and explain this. So Jared, Jared, how does it go? Red Rover, Red Rover. We call Jared over. Jared, we're calling you over. Feel better quickly so that we can just make this happen because we have questions and you have answers. That being said, you guys, thank you so much for joining me. Don't forget to like and subscribe and I will see you guys all very soon. Hopefully I'll be on the men by then. But until then, ciao for now.